It all started with a very simple idea. Tell the stories of how successful middle market CEOs made it to the corner office. I'm Brand Handley, founder and managing director of Resource Options International, or ROI. We're the USA's premier executive search firm focused exclusively on empowering middle market companies to attract, hire, and retain A players while transforming top executives' careers and lives. ROI's Into the Corner office is dedicated to discovering how middle market CEOs advance their career, and we're making these remarkable and sometimes quite unbelievable stories available to you for the very first time. Listen and learn about the challenges they've overcome, the interesting people they've met along the way, and the lessons learned that steered these executives' unique journey into a middle market corner office of their own. I know you enjoy these CEO stories as much as I've enjoyed recording them. So thank you for listening today. And if you like what you've heard, rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm looking forward to you joining me on the next great middle market CEO adventure into the corner office. My guest today is Scott Hens, Chief Operating Officer of Hens JJ LLC, a 45 Jimmy John's franchisee based in Kansas City, owned by his wife Sandra and his son Matthew. Scott has also been an active partner with two brothers in Hens Trucking, a nationwide long haul flatbed trucking company with 110 power units for over 30 years. Scott is primarily responsible for all store operations in Hens JJ and the sales and dispatch departments at Hens Trucking. A native of Plymouth, Nebraska, Scott and his wife have been happily married for over 35 years and look forward to many more. And through being an active C12 group member, Scott continues to learn how Hens JJ and Hens Trucking can serve a greater purpose by ministering to and growing the faith of their team members. Scott Hens, welcome into the corner office. Thank you, and good to be here to talk. Nice to have you here as well, Scott. And we're kind of in interesting times. This will be recorded. Uh, sorry, this will be released a little bit later, but we're kind of in a month two, uh, week two or three of the uh, coronavirus uh, crisis. And I know that's impacted all our families. Uh, so I believe we're both broadcasting from home today. I assume you're in your home office, correct? Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're all going to be doing part of that. And uh, let's just pray for everyone, obviously, that's been having health problems, but also those that, you know, are uh, staying safe and keep them that way. We, we great, greatly appreciate that. And I hope all of your family and all your staff are, are doing the same. But let's, let's start talking about you a little bit. We always like to talk about the early years. And tell me a little bit about where you grew up and what your early family life was like, Scott. I grew up on a farm outside uh, Plymouth, Nebraska, okay. southeast Nebraska, small town. Uh -huh. uh, three brothers, one sister. Uh, it's pretty much church Sunday morning, Sunday yep. night, Wednesday night. Yeah. <laughs> family family devotions <laughs> most nights after yeah. dinner. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, up early working on the farm. Were you doing chores before school? Yeah, no, not really. We didn't have so livestock, so we no were just uh, corn, uh, soybean farmers. Uh, irrigated farmlands, so more of a summer, you know, the spring, summer, fall. But now you chose a different direction than than farming. But let's talk a little bit about your parents and brothers and sisters. Were, were mom and dad uh, second, third generation farmers? Did they come from a, from a long line of farmers of the land. Yeah, long line of farmers. Yeah. Uh, my mother's parents were farmers. Yeah. Uh, not sure how far it went back, but pretty right. much long line. And always in Nebraska, or was mom from a different part of the country? She was also from Nebraska, mm -hmm. small town of Diller, yeah. maybe 30 yeah. miles from Plymouth. Right. right. Dad, too? Yep. 
dad grew up on a farm. Well, we actually uh, grew up on the homestead that he was born and raised in. So, got it. Mom and dad, high school sweethearts. Do they know each other or was uh, no. it separate uh, counties, perhaps? <laughs> separate <laughs> separate counties. Uh, my dad was 26 uh, when they met. Oh, so, for back, so yeah. for back then, that yeah, was old. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, my mom was 20, yeah. uh, was going to school to be a teacher. Right. And right. she taught school for a few years. but And then they uh, became saved maybe a year or two oh. after being married through listening to the back of the Bible on the radio. They did not grow up in church homes. Oh. Neither of them did. Interesting. No. Yeah. No. It's just a awesome. uh, hand of God yeah. brought Working them in their lives. to him. That's awesome. And uh, through that, uh, most, of their, most of my dad's brothers and sisters were saved. Most of my mom's family is still still to be saved but. Mm-hmm. right <laughs> right right brothers and sisters uh younger older where where were you in the mix uh one older brother okay. uh two younger brothers and a younger sister sister and did they stay in farming uh after growing up or did they all kind of go their separate ways as well uh well that's the story in itself because, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> because uh, after i was married uh i did farm for one year oh you did Okay. Uh, it was right during the farming crisis of the 80s. Oh, my. Uh, my dad also had a implement dealership, and during the farm crisis, the implement dealership uh, went bankrupt. Oh, boy. Had used the farm as collateral for the implement dealership, so uh, he ended up declaring bankruptcy. Oh. And uh, we had our own trucks at the time and had hauled our own grain to feedlots in Kansas, Oklahoma, Uh panhandle of texas right kind of through that we transitioned to trucking and uh that's kind of how we got the trucking oh, business okay. got it. so that's that was the birth of uh of, of the hens trucking company interesting right. we'll get a little yeah. get more to that in a minute and and your brothers and sisters are all involved in that business today uh no i've got two brothers that are right. uh one that has a boat dealership outside of kansas city right. uh, my, my sister married a farmer and okay so their family still farms but still that's farms, yeah. that's all so still one farmer in the family <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> when did you come to christ and, and what role did he play in your upbringing scott i remember it pretty clearly i was mm. sitting in the back row a pew at church and the pastor mentions something to the effect of if you aren't sure make sure today uh, so i did mm. uh, didn't tell anybody uh, i was 12 my parents had always old. told me i had accepted christ when i was five but i couldn't remember it right, right. so and i kind of always felt that way and then at 12 uh when i accepted christ in that back row pew i really never doubted since then yeah. Yeah. And can remember it clearly. So awesome. Yeah. Who were some of the other uh, early inspirational people in your life growing up? Uh, probably through that, definitely wanted to be like Jesus Christ. So I was mm. a pretty strong Christian, uh, middle school, high school. Didn't really fall into some of the traps that uh, uh, some of my friends and uh, young people do. So I was. God was watching out for me on that, but probably my father and and seeing his faith mm-hmm. and uh, I enjoyed football, college football, pro football. So oh, yeah. uh, living in Nebraska, Nebraska, yeah, t- <laughs> that says know, it all. Tom Osborne, Tom, oh, yeah. La- Tom Landry with the Cowboys. You of know, course. not only the, their success in the field, but just the way they carried themselves and yeah, yeah. the kind of men they were. That. Mm. quiet quieter guys which i'm quieter so right I, yeah i just 
looked up to those two guys, I guess. Did you go on to play uh, uh, college football? Nope. Okay. I, I played. I just worked on the farm, did yeah. not play any sports, even though I enjoyed sports. But uh, yeah. What about your a, studies? Were you a good student? I did get good grades, but right. I was generally a lazy student and didn't study much. <laughs> right, uh, right. I, w- I was someone who never left things until the last second. I'd get my mm-hmm. work done early and then I'd go, you know, do off work, play, whatever. But I didn't like the feeling of knowing it was out there. I wanted to get it done, push it out sure. of the way and then, and then sure. go on. But I kind of, I remember the principal of our school telling me after graduation that they had never really tapped into my potential and he hoped some mm. somewhat would in the future. It was like, it kind of caught me by surprise. I, yeah. I thought I was doing yeah. just fine. <laughs> <laughs> what were some of those outside uh, ventures? You'd mentioned sports. What other things did you pursue or have an interest in? Obviously, uh, I'm sure you were busy at home as well, but uh, what types of other pursuits did you have outside of the class? You know, I really, other than watching college football and pro football and working on the farm, yeah. uh, went to youth group, uh, so a lot of different things that involved. But other than that, uh, my parents made me take piano lessons for seven years, which I didn't, <laughs> did not like, had no talent. Right. I have right. no musical ability. I have yeah. no artistic ability. So it was a little bit like sticking a square peg into a round hole on that. <laughs> a round hole, right. What about entrepreneurial things? Did you do any, you know, fundraising events? Was there the ubiquitous paper route or, you know, selling Christmas cards or anything like that uh, on the farm? Uh, FFA. I was an FFA. So, FFA. Mm-hmm. you know, you had your own projects with that. And, sure. But other than that, no, it was all, it was mom and dad were, we worked, yeah. you know. We yeah, were, right. That was. It was farm life. Yeah. They instilled a work ethic in us and it's. That's what we did. What were some of the jobs uh, that you used to do, both either at the farm or as you got older and maybe during summers and, you know, outside the farm? I can remember driving a tractor when I was eight years old. Ah. Uh, maybe <laughs> Didn't need a license then, I guess. No, no. <laughs> driving a pickup down the, you know, gravel country roads when I was nine, ten years old, following dad behind a tractor and moving Man. equipment from field to field. and. Yeah. Laying pipe, Uh, we had gravity flow irrigation, uh, you know, disking, planting, harvesting, drove truck, you know, pretty much anything, uh, cultivating. Yeah. But uh, summers were pretty much irrigating and a lot of, a lot of laying pipe, picking up pipe, checking, checking fields, things like that. So. Well, you went on to college, and um, did mom and dad have a degree? You, you mentioned your mother was a teacher, so did she have a bachelor's degree or dad go to college? Some kind of degree of some kind she could teach. I think the, right. the rules were much Teacher more relaxed yeah. back then. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. I think maybe Was she it kind had... of a foregone conclusion that you'd go to college? Uh, not really, no. Yeah. It was uh, whatever you want to do. Do you want to stay in farm? Do you want to go to college? Do you want right. to go to college, come back to the farm? Kind of whatever. Yeah. I think at that time, I thought I, I did want to leave the farm. Uh, I went to Grace College of the Bible yeah. in Omaha for a year. Right. Uh, that's where I met my wife, but I was yep. kind of at that time, not really knowing what I wanted to do and sure. even had thoughts of becoming a pastor, but I don't think, 
I don't think that's what God had in store for me. And yeah. I don't think yeah. I would have been a very good one. So <laughs> it worked so, out. So you, so you got married at, at Grace or met your wife there at Grace? Met my right? wife and at Grace. Uh, we got, got married about a year after we met. Uh, got engaged about six months after we met. Uh, we were right, married right. at 19. So uh, wow. naive you. and... <laughs> And looking back on it, yeah, probably kind of stupid, but it worked out. <laughs> We've been married for 35 years plus. Congratulations. So, yeah. How many kids? Uh, one boy, a uh, son. He is 31 now. Uh-huh. Right. 32, awesome. 32. So. Yeah. And did you come right into the family business then when you came back from Grace or what was your We did. Uh, we farmed. Trajectory. Decided I was going to farm. And I kind of, at college, I had a job. Uh, found out pretty quickly I didn't like working for someone else. Right, right. So, you know, the easiest way to not work for someone else was was farming. So right. went back to the farm after we were married and we farmed for a year. And that's kind of when the whole thing collapsed and we mm. transitioned to trucking. So the trucking, yeah, yeah. So you were right there with dad and, and your brothers were working in the business as well at that time or working on the farm? Uh, my older brother was and I right. and my dad, uh, my youngest, yeah. the younger brother that's now in the trucking business, Todd, uh, senior in high school. He had planned to go to Northwestern in Minneapolis for college, but right. harvest time of his senior year, he came was diagnosed with Hodgkin's disease. Mm. So he had a pretty good length, lengthy time with uh, chemo and all that. Yeah. Uh, did come out of that okay. Recovered. Yeah. yeah. So he's been cleared for 30 years now. So, but it's awesome. Well, tell me about that transition from farming to trucking. Cause that must've been, I mean, I can imagine somewhat of a fearful time, right? You know, dad was yeah. what, probably in his forties or fifties and, you know, never expected that to happen. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult. And I think probably somewhat embarrassing to have to go through bankruptcy and through all of that. Um, how did the family stick together during that, those times? During that time, my brother and older brother, Rod, and I, uh, we had started to plan to stay in farming, and Dad uh, was going to restart in trucking. Right. So we started talking to lenders and, and working things out. And, you know, I was a 20-year-old kid, newly married. My older brother, Rod, was 23. Uh, so... You know, we didn't exactly know what we were doing. <laughs> yeah, you were kids. Right? <laughs> so then we started to see, you know, looking at the numbers and everything in the trucking business that maybe, you know, that was more financially lucrative in the mm. long term. Uh, farming had done. What led you to that? that? I mean, it sounded like you had some trucks right yeah, on the farm. Yeah, my, my father had a truck with the implement dealership, hauled their own equipment. Uh, and then on the farm, we had five or six uh, semis that uh, instead of selling our grain locally, we would sell it to feedlots in Southwest mm. Kansas, Western Oklahoma and the panhandle of Texas. So we, in the winter, a lot of times we would drive, haul our grain down there um, right. just back and forth. So if we were out of school for a week, I'm not sure it was entirely legal, but I was a 17, 18 year old kid driving a <laughs> semi down the highway to Southwest Kansas and right, making right. a 500 mile round trip. And so, but kind of through that and uh, seeing how that business all worked, that's kind of what led to moving in that direction. 
you got into the trucking business, obviously doing it first on your own on the farm, but then you decided to begin doing it for other people. So was it, did, did folks approach you with regards to, you know, carrying loads and, you know, kind of saw that you and your brother were doing that or how did you kind of get into the, okay, so this is something we can go and charge others to do for them. Yeah. We, we would do some of that on the farm, haul our grain down to those right. areas and then maybe a re a backhaul, of wheat back up to Ab oh, right. Abilene, yeah. Kansas. or So you, you know. don't go back empty. Right? Yeah. Right. So yeah. kind of through that, we were already doing a little of that, a little right. bit for other right. farmers, uh, the equipment, uh, machinery hauling. So a little bit of everything. And then just made that decision to a little less investment than, than farming. So... Got it. And and did you then become a commercial enterprise right away? Did you advertise? How did you kind of build that business up? Uh, became commercial right away. Uh, so through our contacts and what we had hauled on the farm, we we kind of just continued that, branched out into other areas. We really didn't do any outside selling, or hmm. it was pretty much just word of mouth. As, word of mouth. Yeah. As yeah. we you know haul for one company, then another would call us and. All right. Right. It's kind of developed that way over the years. Yeah. I've, I've done some cold calling, especially early. We converted, uh, we were hoppers and uh, convertibles back then. We kind of transitioned to, to flatbeds. So when we went into the flatbeds, I did a lot of cold calling and uh, ended up a couple, couple different manufacturers that I'd called several times would all of a sudden call us and say, hey, our, our yearly bid's yeah. up. Do you guys still interested? You can bid. Yeah. So I would bid those, and we kind of got into a couple good That's companies that, that really got us rolling. And did you buy vehicles? Did you lease vehicles? How did you kind of expand the fleet? Originally, we would lease trailers, buy tractors, and just kind right. of expanded, uh, kept most of the money in the business, and just expanded yeah. Uh, as quickly as we could, uh, considering my father's bankruptcy, we would, you know, we were probably a little more conservative uh, sure. to make sure we were good. Solvent, solvent, solvent yeah. low debt, and and just kind of grew from then. I think we started with about 10, six units, then went to 10, and then wow. 17, and we've just kind of grown to, we're around 110 right now. Got it. And that was about 35 years ago, I think. Right. right? Things yeah. Got started. Yeah. Awesome. And how many employees today? About 145. Wow. Wow. And what um, territory do you cover? Are you nationwide? Are you mostly Midwest? Pretty much nationwide. Yeah. Uh, we did do some Canada and Mexico. We've kind of backed away from that now, but so right. it's pretty much just 48 states. We don't do a lot in the Northeast. We're more Midwest, Southeast, and, and West Coast. But do you remember the time, the first time you started managing people, Scott? Yeah, truck drivers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My job with the trucking was uh, sales and dispatch. So as we, right. we were smaller, I would kind of do both and line up the loads, talk to the drivers, mm. give them their information. Everything was paper back then and, and phone calls. Sure, sure. So were they independent contractors or did you no, actually hire them? Actually, our drivers, but you know, I'm a 21, 22 year old kid and they're right. 40, they're in their 40s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes that was, there's a lack of respect, but you know, I yeah, learned to yeah. kind of how to roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. What were some of the early lessons that you uh, take away from those, th those years? Probably being nicer to people and, mm. and you get more with honey than with 
some vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, just, and you know, working with people and it's changed over the years. I think back then you told the driver, this is your load. Right. You know, go do it. Now right. it's kind of, uh, you give them their load. Well, no, I don't want to do that. So you kind of have to be a little more work with people and hey, here's three or four different loads. Which one, mm. which one do you prefer? And mm. so it's it's the business has changed a lot. That's interesting. Yeah. Do they do they not want to do it because of where they have to go per chance yeah, or the number might of days be where they away? have to go? Might yeah. be the type of product they don't happen to like. Maybe it's a ship, huh. shipper that they don't like because they're slow to load or uh, they had right, a past right, problem there or yeah, yeah. they want to get to a certain area. It's almost like you're a travel agent with a trucking right. business now. Right. Instead of uh, instead of doing business, you're putting the driver where he wants to be yeah, on sure. the right day. So Right. Now, do you still do that traffic management job? Is that still part of your responsibilities? I kind of oversee that department. Okay. So if someone's right. on vacation, I fill in. But the day-to-day, I don't. I'm more the rate the the rate bids are usually yeah, yeah. yearly and right. a lot yeah. of quoting but more more just overseeing those guys and make sure uh they're doing their job and but then just fill in vacations and you're in partnership with your brother on that or is it or yep, there two, two brothers two brothers two brothers older right. brother right. rod so, and a younger brother todd and the three of you guys are involved and yeah, dad awesome. retired around 2000 2001 2002 somewhere in there Got it. Got it. And is dad still with us? He is. Yep. Uh-huh. Good. Good. But not involved in the business. No, no. He kind of got the, the farming itch. So right. as things started right. to go better, he uh, bought some farmland. He uh, rents that back to my brother-in-law and he kind of uh-huh. help out with harvest, things like that. Now that All he's, right. he's in his eighties now, so he's kind of slowed down on that, but he had a good yeah. 20 years of kind of getting back into the farming a little bit yeah. and scratching Enjoy. that itch yeah yeah good for him and your brothers are they both believers both believers yeah my whole immediate family became christians how does faith kind of play out in the uh in the Hins trucking company is that a do you consider yourself a faith-based business i know you're a c12 member as i am but is that an essential part of kind of who you stand for who Hins trucking stands for and the core values it is and probably the same with the the Jimmy John's business yeah. until the last two years. Mm-hmm. We you know we tried to conduct ourselves uh, as how Jesus would want us to, but mm-hmm. we really didn't go out of our way to to witness or make it a big part of our businesses. Um, definitely some separation there, and I think yeah. in the last right. two years I've really. Uh, kind of changed on that. I've been much more outspoken. Mm-hmm. Uh, about a year and a half ago, I, I shared my faith at a couple uh, Jimmy John Ops meetings, which was the mm-hmm. first time I'd really done that with employees. And uh, since then, it's been a bigger part of, yeah. of what we do and trying to either expand our employees' faith or uh, Bring more to Christ. Yeah, so, more and a marketplace ministry. Now, yeah. let's talk a little bit about Jimmy John's. You've been doing that about 12 years, right? So, right. Uh, did you buy a franchise? Is that how you kind of got involved with that? It sounds like your son's involved in that trip. 
Yes, uh, we had ho- my brothers and I, same brothers in the trucking business, got into hotels, uh, right. and my wife and son were both involved with that, working in the hotels. And then uh, my son decided he'd like to go do something on his own and not, hmm. you know, have the whole family dynamic to work around. So he started right, looking right. at franchises, kind of the same model as the hotels. We mm-hmm, were franchised mm-hmm. and uh, looked at. Jimmy John's and he had me look at it and I said, oh, I think it looks pretty good. So he drove out to Champaign, Illinois, their headquarters, mm-hmm. got approved to, to be a franchisee and I kind of started that process. And then it was probably 30, 60 days later, my wife said, well, maybe I should do a franchise too. And I could mm-hmm. eventually get out of the family business in the hotels and mm-hmm. we could kind of help each other if we each had one. So we went out Champagne, got approved for a franchise, yeah. and yeah. that kind of started. We opened, Matthew opened his uh, in May of 08, and Sandra opened hers in June of 08, mm. and it went well. And so we just kind of kept going, and I kept getting more and more sucked into the business. <laughs> and, <laughs> it sounds like it, right? Hard, hard not to when the wife and the son are involved yeah, in it, right? Yeah, <laughs> and as they grew. And how many, how many units do you folks have today? 45 units today. Wow. Wow. Congratulations. And do they all operate under one umbrella? You'd mentioned that Matthew and your wife had each one. Do, do Are they all co-owned or? Yeah. They're, one little yeah. Matthew yeah. and Sandra own them together as a umbrella company, a management company that yeah. has all the employees and then each individual store is a separate entity. But Right. 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 Cool. And are you involved in the management of that day to day or in some of the leadership there? Yeah. More of the chief as the chief operating officer, I oversee the store operations. So uh, we've got area managers that uh, oversee about five restaurants each. Uh, we have a regional manager in Kansas City that uh, sure. there's 32 units there, so he has. Uh, eight areas underneath him. So he kind of right. runs that market, but I'm just kind of overseeing the whole thing and interpreting the data and giving direction and, and see a problem, work with the leases, the financing, yeah. things like that. So kind of a more of an upper level view, but sure. not in the stores day to day. Right, right. Well, you've got two very different businesses that you're involved with. I mean, I can't think of two that are probably more different. How has your leadership kind of style evolved over time to to deal with those two different types of businesses? I've had to learn to delegate. I think with the trucking as we grew, uh, I was dispatching sales and it got to the point. I think we got around 30 power units and okay, I can't do both. So I hired a guy to, he would talk to the drivers, I would do the the load planning and deal with the customers. And then that kind of continued to more people. And then the next step was I got out of the day to day and just oversaw those people. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that letting go was difficult. And, yeah. and same with Jimmy John's started out a little more hands-on. And then as time went on, the bigger you get, it was kind of a delegate by a force because you, you didn't have enough time to do everything. So how do you, you know, share with us a little bit of your thoughts about kind of building a company culture. Are you pretty much involved in that in both the businesses? Uh, more so on the 
chimichan side probably the trucking uh you know i have my sales and dispatch so there you can but it's a little tougher is your brother the ceo of that business uh one brother's president we kind we've always kind of not been titled there yeah we kind of yeah we've kind of always been we really don't do anything unless all three of us agree to it so that you know at times we've had to label someone but we're all equal partners and kind of all talk about things and and it's worked well that way. We each have our separate area of responsibility, so we've kind of kept out of each other's hair. Yeah, right, right. And then more so with Jimmy John's, huh? Yeah. In terms of the culture. Yeah. yeah. How would you describe the culture there? Jimmy John's, very um, hands-on mm-hmm. compared to other restaurants. The the general manager's on the line working, uh, doing everything that... Maybe other restaurant managers do not do. They have more of a bird's eye view, but Jimmy John's is a little unique in that the the, man, the general manager's right in there working with his people, and that kind of carries through to all levels. Uh, most of our, even our area managers, are regional and in Kansas City started mm-hmm. as, as maybe drivers in shop uh, and worked their way up. So they know how to work. Right, and then it's yeah. just always kind of been an environment of each. We all needed to help each other, and one restaurant gets low on bread, another mm-hmm. restaurant has to help them. One help restaurant them has three or four employees call in sick, or whatever. You know, maybe you need some employees from another one next door. So there's a yeah. lot of sharing and and working together and helping each other and. You know, I think that's really carried through. Yeah. And I, th- I think the culture, uh, Jimmy John, the founder of Jimmy John's has always said, you know, culture is not for sale. You can't buy it. Right. You got to right. build it. And, you know, I've kind of right. carried that through. And I mean, it really does filter down from the top. So how you are and how you treat people sure. is filters all the way down and and that's how many employees at at, uh, jimmy johnson your franchise uh we're currently around well we were around 880 before the the virus uh right we we have probably laid off around 30 percent 30 35 percent of our part-time people and right just trying to survive now so yeah do you get involved in the hiring of those folks is that something you've been done in the past I've done it in the past, but not too much now. The only right. thing I'm really involved with with hiring would be uh, like a director of marketing or uh, if we're going to take somebody from a general manager position in a restaurant to an area right. manager or above, uh, then I'll be involved with that yeah. decision. What do you look for when you're making bets on the people you're going to invest in and hire? Desire, the want mm-hmm. to. A willingness to do whatever it takes. Uh, someone who serves their team, treats their team well. Mm. Uh, you know, I take those things over talent any day of the right. week, right. especially in the Jimmy John business. Is uh, just being able to get along with people, treat people well, is is so important. Yeah, yeah. That customer service aspect is 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 awesome. And how do you interview and hire? Do you you know, do you a lot of face to face interviews when you're involved in it? Do you do more on the phone? What's that look like in the past? We're usually building 
people from within. So right. we'll typically, you know, they've probably been on the job two or three years. So we kind of have an ongoing uh, job interview and know what we have. But we'll we'll sure. do an interview with the top three or four candidates and just uh, look for any red flags with how a change of duty is going to affect them what they see as the job and how that will will change for them. If you only had about five minutes to interview someone, Scott, what what, what would you ask them? What, what do you try to key in on? Core beliefs as a person, mm. you know, kind of what their worldview, what, how they see themselves in relation to their fellow man, uh, what they believe makes a person a good manager of people, and then kind of what their experience is. Well, Scott, you've been very, very generous with your time. I'm so grateful for that. Uh, we do ask one last question, and that's kind of what career and life advice would you give to someone who, you know, has their eyes on the corner office, uh, potentially uh, maybe they're in a family business and they want to grow one or perhaps join one at some point in time. What are the important things for them to, to do now if that's something they want to do in the future? I think be a servant leader is number one and uh, just putting God first in your life. Uh, you know, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, then all these things will be added unto you in Matthew 6, 33. And, yeah. and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him, mm-hmm. Colossians. It, I think if you really focus on that servant leadership and, and putting God first, the rest of it, really does take care of itself. Mm. I mean, there's there's sure a lot is. of things that go into it, working hard and all that. But right, right. ultimately, if you're doing those three things, you're going to be very successful. Well, Scott Hens, partner of Hens Trucking, a 35-year-old company uh, that does nationwide long-haul hauling and uh, chief operating officer of Hens JJ LLC, uh, uh, Jimmy John's uh, franchisee in Kansas. Thank you so much for sharing your journey into the corner office. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Into the Corner Office with Brant Hanley. We hope you enjoyed hearing our guest CEO story as much as we did. If you want to hear more CEOs reveal their journey into the corner office, please subscribe via iTunes and tell your friends and colleagues. For more information about Brant, Resource Options International, and the mighty middle market, visit www.goforroi.com. We look forward to having you join us for our next episode. 